welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave us a review so others can find the show too. My guest today is Dylan Oates. Dylan is a PhD candidate affiliated with the Molecular Plant Sciences Program and Crop and Soil Sciences Department. Dylan joined WSU in 2019 under the supervision of Dr. Karen Sanguine, where his research focuses on the identification of key cold response determinants in winter wheat. Specifically, he is studying the interaction between vernalization and photoperiod for low temperature acclimation. Along with his research, Dylan is a member of the Molecular Plant Sciences Graduate Student Organization, Crop and Soil Sciences Graduate Student Association, and WSU's Graduate and Professional Student Association. Hello, Dylan. Hi, Drew. That's a lot of associations. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> That's good that you're involved. Not, not as many students are involved in those as they used to be, so it's good to have you, have you involved. So, so why did you decide to, to do research on winter wheat, the people in the molecular? Plant Molecular Sciences Group study all sorts of different things. Why winter wheat? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Drew. Um, well, I grew up in a small farm town in Nebraska um, called Beatrice. Um, living in a place where, you know, everyone knew you or your family, I assisted a lot of farmers, family or friends, on their farms. However, seeing the amount and type of work that went into maintaining a farm or ranch was something that just wasn't for me. Um, realizing how important agriculture was for my hometown led me to search for a different route in which I could give back to my community. This is why I've conducted research in major crops within the United States um, since college. For example, while an undergrad at Nebraska Wesleyan University, I worked for the USDA ARS researching sorghum or sorghum bicolor as a possible source of alternative bioenergy. This led me to continue my academic route um, to obtain my master's um, at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, focusing on leaf development in maize. And then furthering that, now I'm pursuing my doctorate at Washington State University, conducting research on winter wheat. Okay, that's a diverse range of locations and, and different crops. So uh, this cold tolerance, why, why does winter wheat need to be cold or freeze tolerant? Yeah, that's a great question. Winter wheat is a winter annual that requires exposure to low temperatures to tr transition from uh, a vegetative to reproductive growth so that the plant can reach maturity. Winter wheat germinates and then establishes a vegetative seedling stage and then goes dormant during the winter months. Once the right amount of daylight and temperature are present, the plant will perceive these environmental cues and start growing again. In order to survive and flower, winter wheat must be able to tolerate cold and freezing temperatures. And we get some of those here in, in Washington State, don't we? Yes, we do. Yeah. So, so why is understanding photoperiod response and freezing tolerance important for wheat breeders or, or for farmers in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, this is a very important area of research for many agricultural crops 
due to climate change. From my understanding, the average temperatures are changing or deviating from the normal levels globally. So what this means is that areas which are heavy in agriculture are dealing with plants getting exposed to temperatures that plants consider optimal for growing while still experiencing the same amount of light, but for shorter or longer periods of time. So for example, if a plant such as winter wheat requires a specific amount of light and temperature to grow appropriately, it ultimately begins undergoing delayed winter temperatures or winter occurring later in the year, or even short periods of warm temperatures, even if they're receiving the same amount of light can ultimately lead to yield loss or unfortunately can even be lethal for the plant. So focusing on this area of research will lead to a crop that is climate adaptive for scientists, breeders, and farmers needs. And finally, maintaining a crop that requires the same or less amount of input under changing conditions is a necessity. Okay. So uh, I guess the, the idea being that if, if we're warming up uh, the world and um, warm temperatures are experienced earlier than the plant should be experiencing them, this photo period might slow that down or allow the plant maybe to actually go ahead and flower when normally it wouldn't because the day's too short. So yeah, explain that a little more, that, the, how photo period works and, and works in this scenario. Yeah, so photo period is kind of the amount of daylight that the plant experiences or requires to kind of trigger certain processes for development. Um, so the reason why I'm looking at photo period and vernalization is it's kind of an interaction between having the right amount of light and having the right amount of temperatures for the plant to grow. And so with winter wheat, one thing that we might experience and what I, you know, experienced in Nebraska is what I like to call full springs, which is when you get maybe a week of warmer temperatures and then you get snow the next week. And so if, if winter wheat experiences this week of warm temperatures and it tricks the plant into start growing again, well, if it gets hit with um, snow or ice or freezing temperatures again, it could prevent the plant from growing to maturity or even just killing them off. And, and having a this photo period kind of warn the plant, no, it's too early to start growing. Is yeah. that so? You want to look at the two in combination. Yes, correct. Okay, interesting. So, so you were recently awarded a NIFA uh, USDA ARS Predoctoral Fellowship to work in winter wheat. Can can you tell us a little bit about that project and and the team both here at WSU and beyond? Yes, this is very exciting for me. Um, I was rewarded or awarded this. Um, in May 2023, which this will continue for the next two years, um, we are taking two approaches to this project. One is to identify QTLs that are responsible for cold tolerance, and the other is to use a technique called RNA sequencing to identify genes that are up or down regulating in response to freezing temperatures. Um, ultimately, this project is large and is a team effort. Um, so. I'm doing this project with a handful of collaborators that includes doctors Karen Sanguinet, Kim Campbell, Aaron Carter, Stephen Ficklin, Tyler Biggs, and Brian Billinger. Okay. So for for both myself and some of my listeners who might not know what a QTL is, what is a QTL? Yes, that's a great question. Uh, quantitative trait 
locus or QTL analysis is um, a statistical method that links two types of information, um, such as phenotypic data and genotypic data, in order to explain the variation in complex traits. So in other words, it allows us to link certain phenotypic traits, for example, low temperature or height of, a, of the plant to a specific regions of a chromosome in a genome. Okay, and that allows you to breed for it or? Yes, it allows us to identify markers that are associated um, with these, yeah. With that trait? Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, do you think your research will only shed light on cold response mechanisms in winter wheat or does it go beyond winter wheat? So my hope is that understanding how winter wheat requires the interaction of photoperiod and vernalization to grow will also shed light on other abiotic or environmental stressors for crops like heat or drought, for example. Um, this is because the ways that a plant perceives environmental stresses are similar to an extent and can extend to hopefully different areas of research other than cold and freezing stress. Okay. Where, where are you at in this, this research and how much longer um, is your program? Hopefully two years. <laughs> two more years to go? The, yep. For the um, duration of this fellowship. Okay. Very good. Well, we'll look forward to learning and seeing what you do. Is there someplace our listeners could go to to learn about this this work? Does Dr. Sanguine have a website where she puts some of this, or do you? She does. She does have a lab um, website, which is found through WSU. Um, I also have LinkedIn, but um, I will be giving a poster presentation at NAPB. Um, which is? National Association of Plant Biologists. Okay. I think, hope, hopefully, <laughs> don't quote me on that, I guess, um, in July. So through their website, too, you'll be able to see my abstract. And Okay. We'll try and get those links and put them on their show notes so our listeners can go see some of that. Thank you very much for taking some time to visit with me about your work, Dylan. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear in future episodes, please email me at drew.lyon, that's L-Y-O-N, at wsu.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications and the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by guests of this podcast are their own and does not imply Washington State University's endorsement.